Well, it's been an interesting couple weeks around the world. Interesting seems to be, as we talked about COVID for so long, interesting seems to be the new norm. Not that prior to a couple years ago, the world was not an interesting place. It just seems to be getting more interesting all the time. Everything that seems to be happening around the world today feels different than it did just a couple years ago. When we had that shift with COVID and some of the unprecedented things that both happened and continue to take place, it changed the environment. It changed our perception of the world. It changed how we, how we view and how we interpret the things that are happening in different nations and in different parts of the globe. The invasion of Ukraine, and I'm not one that gets really stuck on trending news, and we're not going to get stuck here today, but it's worth praying for our brothers, our sisters, and those in Ukraine, as well as for those mixed up in it from the Russian side that are men and women believers, because we sometimes forget there are Christians in the army, in the Russian army. There's a great church in one amongst many in Russia that has many, many believers and many thriving Christians for many decades now since the fall in the opening of Russia. But the invasion of Ukraine does not feel just like another war. But it, it feels today, similar to other events, it feels much more prophetic. Does anybody say amen to that? It feels just more prophetic, like there's some more pieces of the puzzle that's being moved or evolving into place. Matter of fact, I want to pause right now, and before we go eat any further, rather than just talking about this event, I do want to take a couple moments. I want us to pray right now. Pray for that region of the world. Pray for the Ukrainians. Pray for the Russians that are mixed up in that, both soldiers and leadership. But let's just pray for the will of God to, to prevail as His will always does. Open up your mouth, just open up your hearts right now, and let's pray for this region of the world. Lord, we just come to you today, Lord. Lord, we have our trust fully in you, Lord, as we feel in some senses removed over here on the other side. Lord, we just lift up the people of Ukraine today, Lord, especially the believers, Lord, the men and women who are trusting in you, Lord, that the gospel would just continue in this time, Lord, that the gospel would just continue to go forth, Lord, continue to protect and impact people's hearts and lives. Lord, we pray for the Russians, Lord, and we pray for the Russian leadership, Lord. Lord, we pray for all those soldiers on both sides, Lord, that are, that are every day going and facing 
harm's way and danger, trusting you to make it another day, Lord. We lift them up in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we say above all else, Lord, we say let your will be done, Lord. Let your sovereign plan have its sovereign way, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. And God, I just, we just lift up this region of the world, and God, we place it once again in your hands, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, in Revelation chapter 13, verse 7, it says that he has, was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. The Apostle John, both with the Apostle Paul, said that the spirit of the Antichrist, which is alive and well, back in the time frame of the writings of this book and these letters, was at work in the world and continues to be at work today. But at the same time, there's no accident. You look at Ukrainian president and you just got to give that man, you got to give him a big high five if you could. But it's no accident, accident that God has a, he has a Jewish man right there leading this nation during such a unprecedented time. Again, Prophetic things happening all around us every day. We might not be able to put the pieces completely together today, but we have to view them through the lens of God being completely in charge. The second trending, and this is unprecedented for me to go to two trending items in one Sunday, but aren't those gas prices sure high? We all just want to sit around and cry and talk about the gas prices right now. Of course, we're all Googling it online and trying to figure out, you know, anybody know the last high, when the last high was, the year, and what the high was? Anybody shout it at me. Anybody know? No, you didn't figure that out already? 2008, $4 and like 4 cents for Louisiana was the average high with gas prices and here in these unprecedented times and don't worry we're not going to get stuck on gas prices today we're going to try to be creative with it and see what the Lord does but gas was it was already high but some say with this perfect storm depending upon imported oil we're not going to go there today of course the the Russian Ukrainian war, invasion, whatever it's being called today. Probably COVID and the remnants of COVID and many other factors that are beyond our, our simple lives and understanding are going to push these prices today to new record highs very likely. As it gains by 10 cents every day, I drove past to fill up the other day, and I was filling up my wife's cars, got in my wife's car to drive the kids someplace and on empty, and of course you can't get in a car that's on empty and leave it on empty when you get out of it. Do y'all, y'all operate by that rule, husbands, wives? Do you operate? You take the husband's car, the same rule applies. 
Take your hubby's car and the gas is like, if it's on empty, even with the truck and everything, you take the truck someplace and the truck's on empty, you got to fill the truck up. Pull into the gas station, 369. I got to tell you, I, I had a second thought. I, th I thought to myself, maybe I'm only putting 10 bucks in her car today. <laughs> I didn't. I just I held my breath, closed my eyes, and just held that handle. And just let it keep going until it finally, thank you, Lord, it did finally stop. Oh, you're welcome, sweetie. I was looking, I was looking for some points. I probably needed some for something. <laughs> you know, the baby thing, the not getting up in the middle of the night thing. I don't know, you know. I'm sure I could use some extra points for something. Some of us, we're utilizing the tactic Delay, delay, delay from stopping at the gas station. I'm here to inform us today that you can delay the inevitable all day, but your gas tank will eventually run out of gas. And you will have to stop, and you will have to fill up that tank once again. Some end up taking naps in parking lots to save on some unnecessary extra trips. Some of us end up taking cars together on at times when we would have taken multiple vehicles to different places. In Louisiana, I've been, I've been watching and waiting to see, and hang with me, I know this is a bit of a different introduction for me, but in Louisiana, I've been watching and waiting to see for this this local car, you know we have a local electric car company that is doing its best to get off the ground here. Does anybody know of that one? Elio. Support Elio. I think I'm just going to have to go put down my deposit. But, man, I got, I got to tell you, I've been watching it for four years, and I'm not seeing much progress. <laughs> but, but, man, they got a nice website. <laughs> they got a nice website. Elio, electric cars made in Louisiana, $15,000. Yeah, three wheels. Uh, <laughs> you got to cut costs somewhere. What you want, four wheels on a car that costs $15,000? Yeah, but they say safety. Safety is their highest priority. So we'll see. It's kind of cool looking. It's kind of sleek. We might all be driving Elio's, <laughs> and we'll all, we'll all be sharing, we'll all be sharing, ride sharing with our Elio electric cars. Even traveling, not nearly as appealing as it was just a short time ago. As a matter of fact, I... I had two experiences recently that sort of like let me know just how far I've come or maybe we should say just how far I've individually personally changed. I was sitting at a table and there was a passport, a gentleman I didn't know, just met, had a passport on the table filling out his stuff and, and I thought to myself, oh wow, you're traveling someplace internationally. I said, oh people, and I thought to myself, wow, people still do that? That's literally the first thought that I had. I said, oh, where are you going? He told me where he's going. I said, oh, how's that? We just came back from so-and-so. I said, oh, how'd that go? 
they seem to be getting around just fine. I had another encounter with somebody said, oh, it was my sister actually. Oh, my sister was traveling someplace. And I said, I thought to myself and actually said out loud, why is she doing that? Someplace internationally, why, why is she doing that? I mean, it wasn't a business trip. It wasn't a mandatory trip. It was just a fun trip to go see. I'm like, and I started to catch myself and started to realize that, wow, even, even traveling in this new world, for me, you got to remember myself and somebody for 15 years traveled internationally multiple times a year. And so traveling was just second nature. But now I find myself responding differently than put on top of that the gas put on top of that the war put on top of that COVID put on top of that the prophetic nature of the times that we live in RV sales if we even wanted to go there lordy record highs in the past two years but man if you're wanting to buy an RV just wait about another three to six months with gas prices doing what they're doing, there's going to be a whole market of people wanting to get rid of those extra payments. And then lastly, in this new world that we live in, and another discovery for myself this week is how we know about the social media side of life today. But now as it's becoming more and more real is the virtual reality side becoming people's only engagement with reality social anxiety on the rise and as a result and or maybe cause alternative worlds are being created so that people never have to leave their home to have some form of social some form of social interaction in these created universes. As a matter of fact, I was watching a training the other day and how a church has created a campus in the metaverse. Does anybody know what the metaverse is? Yeah, well, it's this virtual reality world that, that many people, many people live their lives today and Though I got to say at first it hit me a little strange as we get in today's message and as we start to look at the world that and really consider the world that we live in today, I'm sort of at the end of it saying, my goodness, we as the people of God have to get creative in how we're reaching people for Christ. We have to even in some cases have to even redefine what exactly we mean when we say words like intentionality and community, not to change the nature of them, but to, to reach people and meet people where they are. We don't have the same luxury that, as I lived in Asia for 15 years, that we have often times in Asia where you can walk out your door and encounter people. Here, you're only going to encounter people as if you're doing so very intentionally. You might accidentally rub shoulders at the grocery store. But it's becoming very intentional. 
you know, there's going to be a Sunday, and, and nobody, nobody get distracted too much, but I can't wait until the Sunday where we have, like, all four new ones here. And are they all four here right now? Are they all in this section right here? Oh, man, we might have, like, a complete symphony going in a, in a, in a little while. All four. I didn't know all four. There's, there's the one. Welcome, Miles and Abby, with their little one today. Welcome back. We've been welcoming everybody, so we get to welcome y'all here and and so we got all four. Where's, where's um, the cook's little one? Uh, oh, there, right there, right in front of boop, right there. Oh, wow, what a section. We just mic baby section. Goodness gracious. I almost feel like bringing y'all all up here. I'm not going to. I'm going to stay focused because i got to get to some word here. And I know you're like, Pastor, you're really dragging out this, this, this introduction thing today. So with all this in mind, the social anxieties, the virtual realities that people are living in. I've, I've had this nagging question in my heart for, for weeks, maybe even months now, and just continue to coming back to me and nagging me and pushing me, just asking me the question, what more can I slash we do in this day and age that we live in? What can we do for the gospel, for expanding it, for living out our life, for Christ? And with that in mind, let's go ahead and get some some scripture in here and dig into the Word of God. Two main texts today in Hebrews chapter 12, and then later on we'll get into Luke chapter 14. But to start with Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, a power-packed two verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Lord Jesus, help us today to do as your word says in Jesus' name. Endurance. Actually, I want to read one more. Let's see. That was only verse 1, wasn't it? Thank you. You should have told me that. I'm like, Pastor, you just read two. I said two. Let's look at two. Two's, two's just as good. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. There we go. Ooh, finishing off. I thought it felt a little short. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord, we thank you for that scripture, too, in Jesus' name. Today, we're talking about running the race, that continual theme that we as men and women of God have to continue to contemplate in our hearts and in our lives. We're talking about counting the cost as we run this race. We're talking about keeping our tank filled No matter the cost. You see how I did that, right, with the whole gas thing? All right. 
That's as creative as we get. Thank you, thank you. I got one encouragement word. I was waiting for more. It didn't come, but that's okay. My thin's sort of thick. It's actually not very thick. It's kind of thin. <laughs> but whether we are running on fossil fuel or renewable energy, I'm totally kidding. Let's just move right into We need to keep ourselves filled up, focused up in running the race that is set before us. And and what I'm finding happens, not anything new, but, but happens repetitively in our lives is that we try to run the race on empty. We try to run the race on empty, and whether you take that that example with your car of, you know, the gas prices being too high and, and maybe you're one that every time you pull to the gas tank, you fill it up all the way. How many, how many do that? How many, you're the filler upper ones. How many of you, you're like, okay, I'm just 20, you're the 20 buck ones. 10 buck ones, all right, no, don't put your hands, five buck ones, that gets to like, you know, we go down. But no matter the cost, especially when we're talking about this race that we're running and being surrounded by such a a cloud of witnesses, no matter the cost, we have to keep our tanks filled up. And we can't just think that just because the cost seems too much. And really, we're off of gas now, so stay with me. Just because the cost seems too much, the time requirement seems too much, prioritizing our schedule in life seems too difficult. If we are not a people who remain filled up, we will certainly, just like our vehicles and our phones and every other device and piece of equipment in our life, we will certainly run empty and stall. Information doesn't fill us up. Knowing statistics, statistics, we can talk about statistics, we can look at news, we can fill our heads with all the trending things that are happening around the world. We can be in social media and be all about everybody else's business. That doesn't fill us up, but the only thing that keeps our tank filled is is once again coming back to Jesus time and time again. But it's not just a matter of just this pie in the sky looking unto Jesus. There are some practical things that we can be doing, and we got a lot of practical people in the room too, right? Not all of us. You'd be surprised. Some of us would much prefer just keep it just pie in the sky. It's good. You can live there too, but a lot of us say, give me something to hold on, grab a hold of to. And that's what this scripture is talking about. Looking around at those who have gone before us, the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us and how they have had to lay aside weight in their life. They have had to know what drains their tank. Why the RV sales are going to 
all these RVs are going to be back on the market here because you can't pull around a 5,000, 6,000, 8,000, 10,000 pound piece of equipment and think that you're going to get better gas mileage. Families and parents and are looking at their kids and say, kids, staycation it is. RV, Facebook marketplace it is. Knowing what drains your tank, knowing what makes you run to empty faster, knowing how to communicate to those around you your need for a time of filling. Being a people who in this life we begin to travel much more light. Getting rid of the weight, and when we start looking at the weight, and in Hebrews verse 1, it correlates the weight. And I don't think it's every time, but it correlates it with sin. But I don't necessarily think that laying aside every weight is automatically sin in our life. Because it separates the two. Lay aside every weight when we're talking about running the race, when we're talking about going further distances, not being burnt out, not becoming tired, and the sin. Meaning to say that just because something is weighty and heavy and taking up resources in your life that should be put aside doesn't necessarily mean that it's sin but nonetheless we have to be a people if we're going to travel longer if we're going to travel further if we're going to travel more sustainably we have to be a people who lighten the load lighten the load look at the person next to you and say lighten the load you got to lighten the load. There's many of us, many times in life, we're carrying burdens that you do not need to carry. Burdens that you do not have to carry. Burdens that you can figure out a way to shed the weight from your family and from your life. Endurance. And perseverance, both of those words run hand in hand, where it says, let us run the race with endurance. You go and dig that out, and you come up with other translations and other commentary. Endurance and perseverance, they can be used interchangeably. And both these are key virtues to completing the race called life. Perseverance is the characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his, her deliberate purpose. Their loyalty to faith and piety and even through the greatest trials and sometimes sufferings. Don't take sufferings that we go through and throw in 
the towel because we feel like something is not working in our life. We have to learn and understand that there are many times in this journey that enduring and persevering means going through them, not loving them as we go through them, but through them nonetheless. Virtue, this moral excellence or conformity of one's life and conduct to the moral and ethical principles and uprightness that we're each called to in Christ. Here's a word for you today. It's a fun word. The word perseverance is this word hupomino. It's one of those fun words. You say, what is, uh, it doesn't matter. Just say it with me, though. <laughs> hupomino. Kind of like mama hoo Some of you are still trying to figure out what mama hoo is. Mama hoo is Chinese for so-so. Eh, we could all like, How, how's your day? Oh, mama hoo Mama hoo You know, it's just like, oh, I just kind of feel so-so. Hupomino. Here's this, this word, and why we got to pull this particular Greek word out today is just to just to do one little quick word study here because it's a it helps us to understand endurance and perseverance just a little bit better because perseverance and endurance has in times past in early church times has been referred to as the queen of all virtues I mean if you can just persevere and endure long enough. I mean, have your heart right with Christ. Be walking out your, your journey with Jesus. But man, if in, when hard times hit, <clears throat> if, you can just, if you can push through that thing long enough, that thing will eventually pass. The word hoopo with all these Greek words, you've got to break them all up, you know, do the little break-up word thing. But hoopo means under. Mino, the second part of hoopo, mino, means to stay or abide. So look at this. This is the word for perseverance. So perseverance means to, to stay or abide under. In other words, where you are, in that thing that you're in, you have to stay and abide under that thing. It's staying. It's, it's this type of staying power. It also carries the second portion of that word, Mino, carries the idea of a decision to stay in one spot and not be moved. You see, sometimes, and how do we put some practical meat on this, is that, is that sometimes when we're faced with these difficult days and difficult times, our, our number one goal is, how do I move myself out of this thing that I'm in? How do I get myself out of the line of fire? How do I get myself out of the pressure cooker? How do I release myself from the stress? How do I change the entirety of the situation so that it, it, I wake up tomorrow and it's gone, right? Everybody look at the person next to you and say, in a perfect world. Well, you, know the second, you know the second half of that. 
one that we don't live in. We will, though, one day in Jesus' name. So perseverance and endurance has this picture of staying under in that place, trusting Lord, the Lord, through that thing that we're in. The word also known as patience, it's all those cousins, perseverance, endurance, patience, gives us a picture of someone under a great load of stress and or pressure who has decided to stay no matter how difficult it may be. The early church, as I've referenced them once just a minute ago, but the early church, there's some, there's some ideas that we can dig out that they believed if you possess this quality, this hoopomino type of persevering, enduring, patient sort of quality, this virtue that they would eventually end up on top. If you possess this, you might, you might feel in the thick of it that you're all the way buried at the bottom. No one can see you. No one can feel what you feel, both of which is not true. We always think that our situation and our circumstances are unique. We always feel that. Rarely, if ever, is that actually true. There's always someone brothers and sisters and church around the world that are being faced with similar fiery trials and testing of their faith at any given moment in time they believed that they would end up on top and if they had what they referred to as staying power everybody say staying power that the opposition would eventually let up and that they would be found on top. A patient, steadfast type of waiting while sustaining the course. And that's key. Many times, many times we want to get off course from the mission. Get off course from what the Lord has spoken to you. It's too difficult. The winds are blowing too much. The provision doesn't seem to be there. But patient, steadfast, pressing through, sustaining the course. We can call it the hang in there power. Look at the person next to you and say, hang in there power. <laughs> you got to hang in there. You can't throw the white towel. You can't wave the surrender flag. It's that hang in there power. The Holy Ghost helping us. The Word of God propping us up. It's the kind of last man standing mentality. I, I still go with the last man standing mentality is how I got every job and or promotion or opportunity in my life. Just, just last man standing. 
Nothing special. Nothing wonderful. Nothing overly gifted. Nothing just, just Lord, I'm, I'm still here. I'm, I'm here, Lord. I mean, all this stuff's been blowing and hitting and knocking me out. But, Lord, I'm still here. It's the last man standing type of attitude. Laying aside every weight. Running with endurance means to run light. I got on all sorts of side track and interesting little things here and there this week and and I got into marathons and of course one of my goals in life and I better not say this too loud last time I said this somebody took me serious and now they're like man pastor when you run a marathon with me but it is a goal I'm gonna one day I'm gonna run a marathon I better do it sooner than later probably would have been easier 20 years ago But elite marathon runners, that which I am obviously not. I didn't have to tell you that. Look at this. This is interesting. Elite marathon runners weigh approximately two pounds per inch of their height. Go ahead and figure that out. You go, you know, get your get your phones out. Two pounds per inch of their height. So Five foot is how many inches? Somebody tell me. Thank you. So most of us are between five and six foot. So you're five foot what? 60 plus what? Times two. See, this is very simple stuff. Of course, this means that for me to be an elite marathon runner, that I'd have to be 50 pounds lighter than I am right now. <laughs> so, so in other words, I would vanish from your sight right before your eyes. 50 pounds lighter. Of course, most of them, interesting, maybe not of course, but interesting little useless fun fact. Most of these elite marathon runners are between 5'5 and 5'9. Somewhere, averaging somewhere around that 140 or so weight. Again, 50 pounds would have to disappear from me in order to, to get near this elite category. But why is this? I mean, and we know it naturally, and it applies spiritually. Obviously, if you're going to get into this elite category of runner, whether long distance or whether short distances, you can't be a person who is carrying a lot of extra weight it just defies it defies practical science it just defies it if you try to to carry you throw a you throw a sack you can be 140 pounds five five an elite marathon runner and throw a sack of 50 pounds on your back and try to go run that marathon I think it's safe to say that that elite runner's time is going to decrease drastically because they're running with extra weight on their life. 
You see, I want to ask you today, and when this word, and, and again, we're living in times, we're living in, in unprecedented times, and, and we might be saying that until Jesus comes. We might, it might be every week. Oh, there goes Pastor again talking about unprecedented times. Um, it was unprecedented times last month. Is it still unprecedented times? I mean, it was unprecedented time two years ago when COVID all started. I mean, aren't we past unprecedented times? I don't know. I mean, until I stop hearing the voices of those in my life and what I'm hearing the Lord and feeling the Lord, I, I'm not sure we'll ever go past un these unprecedented times again. Which means, if that is even just remotely true, even if it's just remotely true, we better be a people who start lightening the load in which we're carrying through life. If we're going to take the Word of God and we're going we're gonna to make it applicable to our lives, and we're going to apply it to all the different aspects of our life, our, our families, of course, up at the top, and our careers and finances right there next to them, and how we use our, our time, our free time right there, and what we, what we use, our excess and our, our blessings, how we spend that, and, and any other sort of categories that you want to create and put there on the list. We better... Start lightening and focusing our lives so that we can run long, so that we can run fast, so that we can run sustainably. And as that scripture goes on to tell us, let's look at it one more time. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus' tank was continually filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Jesus knew who he was it says that he knew who he was. He knew where he was going. He knew the purpose. I must be about my father's business. He knew his purpose. So think about this. Jesus for the joy. What is the joy? Yeah, on one sense, we can stay completely in that realm of the Holy Spirit and joy unspeakable, being filled with the Spirit of God. We believe that and need that but Jesus had all these other components to the joy of the Lord set before him he was filled without measure of the Spirit of God he knew where he was traveling he knew that this place wasn't his final destination and so therefore he was not living here as though it was he knew what his father's business for his life was, and he was about his father's business. All these aspects of Jesus is what was the joy set before him. Living life with purpose, 
Live in life filled with God, filled with His Spirit, and filled with purpose. Counting the cost all along the journey. Let's read that, that story by way of just, just sort of prompting our spirits today. In Luke chapter 14, 25 through 33. They are still here, pages turning. See, we actually wait for Bibles in this place occasionally. And carry, carry the paper. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost? Everybody say, count the cost. Whether he has enough to finish it. Test. After he has laid the foundation, is not able to finish. All who see it will begin to mock him. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him? who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all, all that he has cannot be my disciple. It's a heavy statement. It's almost, it's almost, it might be the second heaviest teaching that Jesus offered right next to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Counting the cost. Relinquishing those things, those heavy weights, and of course, the sin which is building walls between us and our walk with God. Embracing the Great Commission with more creative means and getting the gospel out, out of the building while continuing to build the community of God. In Matthew 22, verses 8 and 9, it says to his, He said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, 
invite them to the wedding. I'm feeling, once again, and I'm thankful for it, I'm feeling a stirring taking place. It's one of my prayers as we get personal just for a moment. I, one of the things that I find myself asking the Lord repetitively is, Lord, please don't let the fire go out. Lord, give me an opportunity. What's next, Jesus? What else can I be doing? It's one of those, it's one of those sort of murmurings that is just always sort of flowing from my lips as I'm going about my day and walking about my life. <clears throat> going to all the world. Being reminded of the urgency at hand. It, with all the things that are happening in Europe and things that are happening in our homeland, I can't help myself but remember and was turned to one of those famous speeches and how can we apply that to our own lives when in his day and time of urgency Churchill stood up and on one of his five main broadcasts that were shifting the whole attitude of his nation keeping them moving forward. He said, even though large tracts of Europe in many old and famous states have fallen or may fall into the grip of the Gestapo and all the odious apparatuses of Nazi rule, we shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France we shall fight on the seas and the oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. Counting the cost. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall Never surrender. And even if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's time, the new world. <laughs> Partially anointed speech. <laughs> In God's time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to rescue and the liberation of the old. Let us be stirred. Let us be stirred by the Word of God. Let us be stirred by the presence of God. Let us be stirred to prayer. 
Let us pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. Let us open our mouths and begin to share on an increasing level the goodness that God has displayed in our own lives. Let us not be a silenced people. Let us not be a quieted people. But instead, let us be a people who are stirred to action, stirred to advance the house of God in the kingdom of God, though I'm beginning to see in the days ahead that we're going to have to go to other places. We're going to have to reach with the gospel in places that we never otherwise thought would even exist in our day and age. Church online, church on the streets, church in the house of God, church in our homes, church in the jails, church in the hospitals, church bringing Christ to a hurting in a desperate time. Let us be a people once again who are stirred to action in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead, and I know we're running a little short on time, but let's get the communion elements over here in the, at the altar. Let's have the worship team go ahead and come, and just go ahead and stand to your feet with me right now. I want to I ask you something right now. Let's just stand to your feet and just close your eyes just for a moment as to not be distracted. Hallelujah. We're going to partake of the Lord's table here in just a moment. But I want to just ask you, and how is it with your soul today in the mighty name of Jesus? Hallelujah. 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 Are you prompted? Are you prompted? Are you being prompted to respond to Christ? Whether it be by offering your life to Jesus for the first time or whether it be by taking the next steps in your walk and in your journey with Christ. But I want to ask you right now, if you're here in this place, if you're here in this place and you need Jesus, in this place meaning online as well, those who are joining us from their homes and from other, other places, do you need Jesus today to be your Lord and your Savior? Do you need to trust in Jesus today. The weight that you're carrying has become too heavy finally. The burden that you're bearing. When Jesus comes into our life, He comes and He lightens that yoke and that burden. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you need to respond to Jesus today here in this place or, or watching today, I want to ask you, if you need to respond and invite Jesus, just raise your hand right now. I'm just going to pray with you right where you are, right where you're standing or you're seated, right where you are in your home. So just raise your hand right now. You need to respond to Jesus.
in this place. Hallelujah. Go ahead and place it down. And I want to pray for you now. And when I pray, I want you just to open your heart. This is a prayer that begins a journey that Jesus is going to complete in your life. It's the beginning of a journey. It's the beginning of the great adventure by asking Jesus to come and to be Lord of your life. Pray with me today. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. No one prays alone. Let's all just pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you to be my Savior. I need you to empower me, Lord. Lord, I ask you to lighten the burden from my life. I thank you for saving me, Lord. I thank you for your salvation. And today I decide, I make a decision to follow you, to walk with you, to journey with you all the days of my life. Help me, Lord. Help me to do this. Empower me with your spirit. Strengthen me with your strong right hand. In the name of Jesus, I pray.